Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here with Tom Dorian. Deacon Jeff. Tommy, 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 do Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Doing great. Well, you know what? I'm glad you're here. Thanks for having me. Because I want to work through some stuff with you today. Uh-oh. On our show. And it's about, uh, you've been you've been slacking off a little bit, and so I've got some <laughs> rules to lay down for you. That's my segue into our topic. <laughs> rules. <laughs> rules. You know, I... I, I I when don't I know think why. of rules, I think of a little kid going, oh, I don't want to do rules. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what? For some reason, when we're kids, no. we don't like rules. Everybody starts whining. Well, you know, it's it's interesting that, that we talk about it like that, because that's the way a lot of people, you know, they perceive rules. I know. As oppressive, Well, especially when it comes things. to the church. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's interesting. That is the single most... Uh, frequent question I get or a complaint. If I'm saying like, what don't you like about the church? Which I know I'm opening myself up when I ask that question, but like, I teach RCIA. And so right. at the beginning of an, RC, of an RCIA session, there'll be a people that if it's like, do you, is there anything you want to know about Catholics? Mm-hmm. And invariably every year, there's at least one guy that asks this question. It's usually not a girl. It's a guy because <laughs> uh, guys don't like rules. And he, and he'll always say, why do you Catholics have so many rules? Isn't that funny? It's you know it's 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 interesting because um, um, I I don't I never think about it and I haven't thought about it but it's true. You and I are an exception to the rule, no pun intended. There. What do you mean? Well, we don't think about the rules. We just kind of we follow and we do what we're supposed to do. I, I think, think for I, the, we try. Yeah. No, you're right. I think I think you're probably yeah, right. Yeah, we're an exception. I maybe maybe not, uh, and maybe a lot of people are exceptions. We just don't notice it. I just know that. When you compare our church to other churches, and I mean, everybody's got rules, but it just seems like the, yep. the Catholics get a, a really... You get a bad uh, rap. Yeah, a bad rap for having, you can't do this, right? You, you don't, don't do that. You have to refrain <laughs> from that other thing, right. you know, uh, and uh, you, we've got these moral laws and, and, you know, things as they relate to human sexuality and humanity and dignity and all these things. Everything. That, right? We got rules of fast and ab- abstinence. I mean, we're in Lent. Mm-hmm. And so I spend so many, I mean, when people say, Deacon, I have a question for you as we're walking down the hall as I'm leaving mass or whatever. And it's always like, now, on the Wednesday, on Ash Wednesday, I'm fasting. Do I also have to abstain from meat? Right. And then you start having these questions all about the rules and they want to make sure. Now, if I give up this, am I allowed to have it on Sundays? And they want to know about the exceptions to Sundays and where those come from. And, and I, well, I didn't want to really want to spend time on this show talking about the the rules during Lent that because there's so many of them that are so obvious so many things that are that are out there that we have to kind of deal with with right. with the fasting and with the abstinence and then giving stuff up and mm-hmm. all of these different uh, rules that we have during Lent I didn't want to focus on that so much as as the big picture of rules mm-hmm. because that's the question I always get right is why you know, are why they there you, why do you have so many rules now I, I think I probably have said it on this program before. Uh, and what I tell people when they ask me that question, I love that question, by the way. Sure. Is because I always answer that question with a question. And don't you hate people that do that? I do. I do. <laughs> it's like, you need to answer my questions. Don't put something back on me. So I'm thinking, I'm going to guess you have asked the question, like, do you like baseball? Or do you like football? 
What do you like basketball? No, it doesn't get there. You don't go there? No, because not all of people not all people follow sports and do all that stuff, right? Okay. Some but people you know where do. I'm going. I know exactly where you're going, and we're actually gonna go there in this show. Okay. But but the real the reality is the question I asked them right away mm-hmm. uh, because all of them have mothers, and I say, Does did, when you were growing up, did your mother have rules? <laughs> right? Did did your mother make you go to bed at eight o'clock? Did she always say, eat your vegetables, make you know, your right? Make your bed, brush clean your, your room, brush your teeth, do your homework. Don't, you know, hit your sister. Wash behind your ears. Exactly. All these things. Now, did you look at her and say, mother, you are such a Pharisee. You are a Pharisee. You're exactly what Jesus said. You're a brood of vipers. You're a hypocrite. No. Now, that would have been the biggest no. whooping you might have gotten as a kid. <laughs> or for some of the who, people who don't use corporal punishment, time out. You would have gotten a very long time out for that comment to your mother. Of course, you you wouldn't say that now you may have felt that and as a kid sometimes we never. don't understand well but still that, you didn't like you didn't like the rules when you, <laughs> your mom gloria is not gonna think that you were what a rotten child how dare you <laughs> exactly say this now i mean as kids we don't understand the rules no and they are they seem restrictive mm-hmm. they're not fun <laughs> mom you're no fun you know right. but still when you ask a person that question when they ask you why does the church have so many rules it's so easy for me to be able to say well your mother had rules and there were reasons for them. Right. She wasn't a Pharisee. She didn't. She didn't just have this letter of the law and make you jump through hoops so that she could oppress you and make you miserable in life. Right. That was not her goal. Her just goal to keep you happy. Well, exactly. Well, more than and and as much you know that the happiness is important, but also she wanted you to have a, a good moral character. Right. She wanted to teach you about virtuous living. She wanted to make to develop your responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right. She wanted to make you a good citizen of the world when you left. Her household. Exactly right. Right? And I know dads are in there, too, so dads don't feel left out. Right. And the reason I talk about the moms is because I also I help people understand. It's like, if your mother wanted all these good things for you, mm-hmm. well, your church is also your mother. There you go. One of the great you know, phrases or names of the church is Holy Mother Church. That's right. You hear that every once in a while. And the whole point of that is that if the church is our mother, she's got rules for us. And those rules are not meant to oppress, to... Uh, to make us have no fun and to be make us miserable and to punish us for for whatever reasons, but they're the same things of developing responsibility and, and virtuous living, uh, developing our moral character to help us to live the way God intended us to live. He, that He wills that we live right our relationship with Him and our relationship with, the, with each other's with with the same goal of that when we leave. The church's household on earth mm-hmm. that we're good citizens in heaven. There you go. Right? So it's like that's an important way to look at rules. And one of the things I, I, I tell them right off the bat, so as we're, we're, we're talking here about rules and why rules are important and why the church has rules, but just sort of that big picture perspective, mm-hmm. not specifically about Because I imagine there's some rules you probably think are, that's a little, I don't like that rule. Right. Right. And there's rules that have changed, like there are disciplines in the church that have changed in terms of like, because the people complain like, uh, you know, I can't eat before I go to communion. I can't eat for a whole hour. Oh, man. Back in the day, you couldn't eat. Till right. The, well, at midnight. The whole morning. Right. You, right. And so and that's why we have that meal at the beginning right. of the morning is breakfast. Yeah. Which is named after breaking your fast. You, you that's could why not, the 9 o'clock mass was more crowded than the 1030 <laughs> exactly. and the 12. Yeah. And so we're not like that anymore. Right. You know, you got it easy. We got it. We're just like, it's just an hour, dude. And that's, that's really an hour before a communion, right. not an hour before mass. That's right. Right. And so um, it's just interesting to see the perspective of rules and kind of you see these things, you think like, oh, you know, do we have to have these rules? But again, 
if you're looking at the big picture of rules and you, you, you can go back to the very beginning, mm-hmm. right? We go back to, to God and literally what is the very first thing God did after creation? And I love this because it just tells us who God is. Because if you claim that uh, rules are oppressive and they're restrictive and they're meant to curtail your freedom, right, to keep you in a box, it's interesting that the very first thing God did after creation, he's got Adam and Eve and they're standing there and he says, you know what, here is paradise. And you got one rule. Yeah, yeah. Don't. Just one. Just, I'm giving you one, you knuckleheads. What's the show? You only had one job. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) You just got one rule. Right. Just one rule and... I don't want you to eat the fruit of that tree over there. Wow. It's simple. Just yeah. don't eat that fruit. Everything else, it's paradise. Yeah. It's beautiful. Right? It's like it's it's like cable TV with all the channels. Yeah. You know, it's it's all you can eat buffet. It's everything you ever wanted. It's all here. You know, unlimited video games. You don't have to put quarters in the arcade. They're all on free. You know, and it's like <laughs> think of like whatever it is and there's there's look, it's Baskin Robbins and it's 31 million flavors. Anything you want and you don't get fat and you're thinking this is paradise. Yeah. And that's what they had. Ah. But there's one rule. <laughs> yeah. That God chose to do that. Yeah. And so people are, are are asking questions like, well, why does the church have rules? Why are there rules? Why why would they have these rules? Like, look, this is how God introduced himself to us. Yep. And how he, he essentially said, you need to follow this rule. And, that, and it wasn't just there in the Garden of Eden. I mean, not long after that, there's uh, Moses with all the grumbling Israelites, and they're going through, uh, they're wandering yeah. through the wilderness there. And so Moses goes up Mount Sinai, and, and 40 days later, he comes down with Ten, Ten Commandments. commandments. <laughs> right. Ten By the rules. way, here's some rules. <laughs> I noticed some things are going on down there. I got some rules for yeah. you. Yeah. And you. And you think, is this nothing but a it's sort of like... Um, I don't know this rule monger, this this oppressive god, and and it's and it and it sounds bad because it sounds like you know people who make rules don't love you, right? And yet God had these rules. I mean, He used these rules not to oppress us, but really, truly to like to form us, to shape us. That's what I was going to say, right? To to guide us, yep. Um, you know, to direct us because He had a way that He wanted us to live, yeah. A relationship again that we would have with Him. And with each other. That's right. Right? Exactly. And so now, this is also true. We, we, we also see how people view um, the Old Testament and the New Testament God. Mm-hmm. Right? Have you ever heard people say, like, the Old Testament God? He was so filled with wrath. Oh, yeah. Right? He was the wrathful God. He was always smiting people. He was smiting. Right? And, and, and putting people down into the earth and opening up holes and they all <laughs> fell in and these kind of things. But the New Testament God is Jesus. Right. And Jesus loves and he turns the other cheek. Right? right? And he talks about love. Um, and so it's important for us to understand this is the same God. And, and people don't always get that picture. Mm-mm. And I'm not saying that Jesus fixed the bad parts of God earlier and says, look, forget all the old stuff. I'm not like the old man who's really cranky. Yeah, he's good cop and bad yeah. cop. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, but, but there is something that goes on that's really important for us to understand. Uh, in fact, it's, it's monumental to understand. It's probably one of the biggest points we've ever made here on the Catholic Cafe, and that is this. We've got to take a break. So we're going to take a break. <laughs> I was kind of building people up, Tom. Did you get that sense? <laughs> that, I was, that I was like, hey, I, I got them where I want them right now. 
Let's keep them there, right? That was great subtlety. That was right between your eyes. So if you want to find out the deal with the Old Testament God and the New Testament God, and when it comes to rules, stick with us. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we've got a great website, thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send we've got me, some good emails lately. Oh, I know. We've got some really, really, really good emails. Good ones, yeah. yeah. So send me an email. Send it to Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. So with that, the rule is you got to come back right after this. I'm Bester Zemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Born in the year 251 in Egypt, St. Anthony of the Desert rose to become the father of monasticism. He took these words of the gospel to heart. If you would be perfect, go, sell what you have, and give to the poor. As a young man of 20, he gave away his vast wealth and went to live in poverty and solitude in the desert. St. Anthony fasted on bread and water, only eating after sunset each day. The fasting strengthened him for the many spiritual assaults he would endure. Much like Christ's 40 days of fast in the desert, he was tortured by demonic spirits and tempted to great evil. But his strength and confidence in God never failed him. St. Anthony was known to have said, The devil is afraid of us when we pray and make sacrifices. He is also afraid when we are humble and good. He is especially afraid when we love Jesus very much. He runs away when we make the sign of the cross. Christ never abandoned him during these trials, but only made him stronger for his great vocation. St. Anthony's reputation began to grow, and he gathered many followers. He was known as a miraculous healer. He became a spiritual counselor to many and recommended a simple life based on the Gospels. He was finally convinced to found two separate monasteries and began a rule of life for monastic living. The monastery St. Anthony initiated were the first to be started and thus began the great tradition and history of monastic life in the church. These pioneering monks practiced prayer, fasting, and almsgiving and lived a life apart from the world in constant reparation for their sins and the sins of others. It is said that two Greek philosophers once came to St. Anthony because of his reputation for wisdom. He told them, If you think me wise, become what I am, for we ought to imitate the good. Had I gone to you, I should have imitated you, but since you have come to me, become what I am, for I am a Christian. St. Anthony lived until the ripe old age of 105 and died peacefully in a cave near the Red Sea. He is a great witness to the simple life of prayer and fasting we as Christians are called to live. St. Anthony of the Desert's Feast Day is celebrated by the Universal Church on January 17th. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting here and talking to Tom. What's his last name? Dorian. Dorian. There you go. You've been doing this for like eight years. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm so sorry. I should have known that off the top of my head. I have to look at my notes. It's and easier to spell than Jerzynski. You're exactly right it's about that. It's easier to say, too. You're exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, Tom... Yes, sir. Dorian. Yes, sir. Uh, so glad to have you here again. We're talking about rules. We're talking about we rules in the church, rules from God. Um, and also, uh, we ask people to send emails. I, I, I do want to stop and say, you know, it's really cool when people send us emails. It is awesome. Do the best can, one we got lately was the one from Oxnard, California. Oxnard. Are we saying that right? Well, like in, in the South, we'd say Oxnard. Oxnard. But they might say Oxnard. That's what I don't I'm know. guessing. That's what I'm I don't guessing. Know. I think it's Oxnard. Oxnard. Anyway, it's like Star Wars we'll Grandma. Get, we'll get mail because of that. Because we, we did a show about yeah, that was Star a, Wars really and the faith email. in Star Wars, and it's like my grandmother <laughs> or grandma says to the grandkids, yeah. you know, my 77-year-old grandmother. It's I awesome. thought that was sweet. Ah, it's beautiful. May the force of God, God bless you, you or something. That was, that yeah. was That's neat. Uh, but anyway, thanks for sharing with us. Send us an email, Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Love to hear from you. So I left people like hanging on a cliff here. Yeah. Like when, You're teasing what, us, what's, man. Get what's to the next? point. So we're talking about rules from God, and we we're talking about Old Testament God versus New Testament God. and Good how, God, bad God. Yeah, and the, the smiting God from the right. Old Testament and the loving God <laughs> turning the other cheek. I don't indeed. know why I chuckle when you do right? that. Um, it's just funny. I, um, and, well, so this understanding this is important that this is the right. same god right this is not different gods god didn't mm-hmm. grow up or change or and the reality is because we understand He's that god out. is the same yesterday today and tomorrow that's right he is eternal yep. he's unchanging that's why we can depend on him mm-hmm. he, he is and therefore we can depend on him and so um, there's not a changing God. Like, well, you know, he was a little upset back then. Maybe it was something he ate. I don't know. But now he's he's all better. Um, and it's not the case. Um, it's interesting that um, if you go back to our example of kids growing up and mom's rules, and you remember back then that when you were young that you obeyed because... I'm having a flashback. Well, I know. You could, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> you just had, you, you, you like the, got the sweat and your face turned white. You were thinking about that time that you uh, true. that you shaved the dog. I remember <laughs> that was a bad time for you. But look, um, people so, are going to write. Tell them that's a joke. But you, how many times did your mom say because I told you so? That's all the time, right? And and at, and when you're younger, you have to accept that you don't always ex- and you don't understand it, but you do it, right? Right? Maybe because it's you fear the pains of hell right. <laughs> or spanking or whatever the thing might be. You know, time out. I'm sorry, maybe time out. But the, but the point is, you, there was a, there's a time when you're younger when it's like, because I told you so. Mm-hmm. And that was enough. And as you get older, it's not enough. Mm-hmm. But then you start to realize that as you get older, mom's rules seem to make more sense. And they weren't quite as crazy as you thought they were. Right. Right. In fact, so much so that I think that as you get older and you have kids, you start putting the same rules on the kids. Yeah. And it's like, I know I used to think these were crazy, but no, these are good. Right. Right. And so you mature in your understanding of the rules. You understand now the spirit and meaning of that rule, of that law. That's right. And when you understand the spirit of the law, it just makes it even more profoundly important that you follow the law mm-hmm. because you understand what that law is leading you to, mm-hmm. right? To the morality, to the, the character development, to all the, the virtuous living, et cetera. Do you think in today's society that it's more difficult for people to follow the church's rules? I think that people versus when you and I were kids, or I, even when I, our parents were kids. I think you're. I think it is, and I'll tell you why I think it is. I, I think it's because a lot of times people now well, ultimately it's about trust. 
Right. I think they don't trust the institution, and they've been taught, even since the 60s, we went through a period of time, right, when remember Vatican II was happening, I don't, I didn't remember it so much as I was a, you know, no, I, was, we were kids. I was born in 1962, and so I was... We you were know, kids, uh, six but, or eight but you years remember old. hearing the griping from the from the older generation about change and right. But what I, re- I remember that, but I m- remember more. I remember the people saying, "Don't trust the institution anymore," because we had Watergate, we had the Vietnam War, oh, yeah. and all these things are happening. So people didn't want to trust the man, right? Right, and so we didn't trust the government. We didn't trust Nixon or whatever. You know, it's all these things, and we would label them. And so then, when the church would have rules, it's like there was a little rebelling, I think, and there was like a little bending. And, and I think people felt that. And I think that's a truth that happens in reality. And I think that kind of ebbs and flows during the times and where we are. I don't think the rules are necessarily any different. In fact, they're probably easier no, than they, they ever were. But I think people still have had that sort of lack of trust. And I think there's also a sense of the church being ancient and old, and and then you'll use the phrase out of touch, yeah, right, not up to date. Mm-hmm. And so those rules, and people don't investigate, mm-hmm. right? And again, this comes back to what I was just talking about. When you're a kid and you're immature, you don't understand why the rules are there. As you get older, you mature, you understand the rules better, mm-hmm. right? They make more reason and more sense to you. Yep. Well, in the same way with the church's rules today, as we get older, we need to investigate why are those rules there, mm-hmm. right? And so as I was talking about this being the same God in, in the same way that you're, as you matured in your understanding, so in the Old Testament, as, we're, as God is revealing his truth to us through the ages, we're, we're, we need to learn who God is. We need to learn of his love. We, we, and he said he had steadfast love, and he loves us and loves us and loves us, but he also had these rules. Well, so then comes along Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says a couple things that are really important as regards to rules. And one of the things he says is that I've not come to abolish the law, you know, not even one letter. <laughs> I came to fulfill the law. Mm-hmm. So the law is still in place, right? But then when he was asked about the Ten Commandments, he says, which, or, or is like, which of the commandments is the most he important one? Up. Well, what he ended up doing was he gave him a two-for-one thing, right? He right. said, love... God, God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, strength, all right. that stuff, right? Love God, but also love your neighbor as yourself. Right. So essentially what he did was was sort of help you understand the spirit and meaning of all of the law, of all of the of the commandments, mm-hmm. right? Is how to, to love God and to love each other as yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, then you're following all those laws. But he didn't say, you know what? I've decided to get rid of eight of the commandments. Or I just got rid of, we're going to get rid of the Ten Commandments, we're going to boil it down to two. So just ignore the Ten Commandments. He didn't do that. He said, I've not come to abolish the law. Mm -hmm. So it's a new way of looking. It's a more mature, a Christian, more uh, spiritually mature way of understanding God's law and, and and the importance of it. So that's why I think when we look at this, that's important for us to understand. It is. Right? That this is the same God. And the same God loves us steadfastly. Even when, theoretically, he was doing all this smiting, mm-hmm. he really is, has been loving us for, forever. Mm-hmm. So much so that he would send his son. That's how much he loved us. That's true. Right? And then Jesus loved us so much that he would die for us. That's right. All right? And so it's the same love. It's the same God. He hasn't changed. We, we are growing more spiritually mature, hopefully, mm-hmm. in understanding through revelation what God intends and what the spirit of that law really meant. It doesn't mean that we bend and break the laws because we now understand them. It means that the more we understand them, the more we keep them because we realize what they're intending to do. And, and that's why I want to spend this last couple of minutes talking about 
laws don't oppress. If we, if we take religion out of it, laws don't oppress. They actually free us. And a lot of people think, like, wait a second, I thought they restrict us. They keep us from doing things. Imagine trying to drive from New York to California mm-hmm. without traffic laws. You wouldn't get very far. You wouldn't get anywhere. No, you'd, you'd ride around the corner. Like, boom, you get plowed into. You, you, something would happen. Imagine trying to fly in an airplane without sort of some kind of uh, manufacturing regulations by the government or some agency to make sure that safety is kept. And Same thing. Exactly. You wouldn't get very far. You're just like, we thank you for flying American Airlines. We hope that you make it to your destination. <laughs> you know, you'd be That's like, right. I hope you, there'd be a lot more of the little insurance terminals that they used to have in airports right. back in the day. But, but you talked about this at the beginning of the show. We're coming right back to that same question. Oh, Why do you have so many rules? Imagine trying to play football with no rules. Yeah. All right, boys, let's get out there. <laughs> let's you know try what's to funny about thing. that, too, is if you think about a playground scene, you know how kids will make up yeah. a soccer game or oh, football yeah. game. They The very first thing they do is they make up rules. Yeah. Where's the, where are the goal lines? Where's out of bounds? There is All a sense things. of meaning and purpose and order, and there's a unified goal, if we're talking about sports, of, of, of doing something. Right. Right. And you can't play that game. You can't have that interaction with some kind of structure, with some kind of Order and order essentially, it it you know it belies design. It says that this is designed and meant to be a certain way, but order actually guides us and leads us. It as you said shapes us. It forms us right. into who God calls us to be, right? And so if we if we look at the church as some kind of big rule generator, right? Some kind of you know fun quasher. We don't I, get it, right? Well, then we're missing the whole point. Yeah, we don't get it. Maybe we're spiritually immature. Maybe we're we're having a difficult time understanding why we're even Catholic or why we're in this church or, you know, and so maybe we need to reflect upon that. Maybe maybe the rules of Lent are something that we would engage ourselves in mm-hmm. uh, to to you know to mortify our bodies to say yeah. let's take away the, the the snacks or the food or the colas or the beer or the whatever you've given up right let's let's right. right let's get to the point where we are spending time spiritually contemplating what are we doing. And what is God calling us to do and what is God calling us to be? Because that's what rules are all. They're there to make Tom Dorian, Deacon Jeff Drzymski, and whoever enter your name here Mm -hmm. to be a better person. That's right. To be the person that God calls us to be and to be where God calls us to be for all eternity. That's right. Those rules are going to get us to heaven. Amen. Our mother had rules and Holy Mother Church. Has rules for us, too, right? Amen. That's right. So uh, don't complain about the rules. Just do it. Suck it up and do it. And then eventually... (laughs) Because we said so. Dig deeper, pray about it, and start to realize there's a reason for all of this. Amen. God loves us very much, and he loves you just the way you are, and he calls you to be the best you can be what he wills you to be. Let's ask our Blessed Mother to pray for us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mother Mother of God, pray pray for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com, where you can find out more information about The Catholic Cafe, listen online, download mp3s or subscribe to our podcast you can also find us on itunes or follow us on facebook and twitter if you'd like to contact deacon jeff send him an email at deacon jeff at the catholic cafe.com
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from the Most Reverend Martin D. Holly, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time. <laughs>